Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Last week, the Kirkendalls, we were in Duluth, Minnesota. My wife and four little boys flew to Duluth. And at this time, we were in my wife's church, uh, my wife's parents' church in Minnesota. And it was just so good to be at another church and see them with their eyes focused on Jesus. They had just reopened and we had been open for a couple weeks now. And so we were able to encourage them and we were encouraged that the people of God are meeting together, whether that is online or in this house or downstairs, there's kids and families at little tables. So thanks for being here. It is good to be here. In fact, another option for some of you with little kids, if you're watching online or if you're downstairs right now, um, an option would be to come up here during worship and singing. And then when we usually remember back in the day when we would release the kids to go downstairs, well, then as a whole family, you could be released and go down there. And they have like crafts that go with the sermon. Uh, Miss Joy, the director of our kids ministry has put together like kites because the verse today that we're hanging the sermon on is humble yourself in the of the Lord and he will lift you up. So they're building little kites down there. It's really cool. So kids, stay with us. Pay attention. This is the word of the Lord. Turn to James chapter 4. We're going to be in James chapter 4. I'm going to review the book of James a little bit. Tell us what we're going to talk about. Uh, And then I'm going to tell you a story which you kids downstairs might like because it's disgusting and yucky. So be uh, ready for that. But James leads us through this book. James is teaching us on how to live. In this particular passage, it's like he is a good counselor, a loving counselor, teaching us about the things that have happened that have caused the places in which we're at now. So for instance, I had a friend in seminary that was really afraid of driving. And I went to seminary in LA, so there's good amount of fear in driving crowded LA traffic. And he just wouldn't do it. He didn't get out of the house. He had a car, but he wouldn't drive it. He was so fearful. And some of us kind of rallied around him and said, have you ever considered counseling? He's like, no, no, I'd never go to a counselor. And we all in a loving way said, well, maybe it's good. And some of us shared, like we had been to counselors for different things. So finally they were like, okay, I'll go. And the counselor was just so helpful in getting to the heart of where this fear came from. It turns out he remembered like being in certain car crashes as a kid. It's like, well, that's where all this is coming from, from that fear. James in chapter four is going to take us through what causes sin. Like, where is this all coming from? There's telescopic worldly wrongs out there. And the reason is because of there's microscopic reasons, sinful reasons for these telescopic wrongs. And James is going to show us some of this stuff. So James, a brother of Jesus, half-brother of Jesus, we've been talking about this throughout this series, grew up with God himself. Imagine that. Uh, Your brother is God, fully God, fully human, um, did no wrong. And so imagine a brother like that. That would would have been pretty nice growing up with a brother who did no wrong. Can you imagine? And we find out that James probably didn't believe early in his life that Jesus was God. But at the resurrection, we find out later James becomes a leader of the church. Here in this passage, Brett Davis, when he taught this passage at New Life Friday night, said, and I believe it is true because Brett is wonderful and has studied the word, and he said that this passage is the emotional climax of this whole book, right? Like here, James is really getting to the point of what he has been building up, and so he gets to the heart of why there is sin in us and tells us how to live. So I'll quickly outline the sermon. It's a classic 
Pastor Joe three-point sermon. Keep coming back to these because it works. Uh, The first is the symptoms of sin. The second, we will talk about uh, the cause of sin. And then we will talk about the solution to the sin that is in us, which is to humble ourselves. And he will lift us up. So James tells us to find out what's really going on in our hearts, the cause, the symptoms of sin. So here's the story. You kids downstairs will like this. So we have, we, we bought a house in Manitou, my wife and I, years ago before kids. And then with six kids, we outgrew the house. The space was, what, 800 square feet? Six of us living in 800 square feet, a little tight, a little tight, 800 square feet, six people sharing bedroom stuff. So we moved, and now we still own that house, and we rent it out. And even before we lived there, there was a lady in one of the other units that had already been living there. Our great tenant, never, ever complained, was quiet, took care of the place until one began to get be like a hot summer day. She came to us and, and said, I hate to complain. It's like, well, you never have, first of all. And she said, if you, if you go under the sink, it kind of stinks under the sink. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird. So I go under there and I sniff and I'm like, ew, that's, it smells gross. Like maybe baby diapers. Like what, what is under there? That stinks. And so me in my genius of wanting to fix everything myself, I was like, I'll just seal it up. There's some little cracks. There must be something going on under the sink. I'll just seal it up. <laughs> Good idea, right? Oh, that's a horrible idea. So I sealed it up. The summer got hotter and hotter, and she came to us again and said, I hate to complain. I was like, oh no, the sink. She said, yeah, it still stinks under the sink. So I opened it up. And I'm like, Ew, like my immediate thought was maybe an animal had crawled under the crawl space, like some sort of like little baby skunk and had died under the sink. So what did I do? I sealed it up even better. <laughs> this is not what you're supposed to see. I got the foam stuff from Home Depot, sealed it. It was pr- and, and it kind of like just as the days got colder, the smell went away. Fall came, it was gone. Next spring, she ends up moving because of other reasons. And then summer comes when we try to rent out the place, it's empty. And I open up the sink and it's just like, oh gosh, this is horrible. No one is living there. So we decided to finally, because you couldn't crawl under this house. It's too small under there. So I took out the sink, took out the cabinetry, took out the subfloor. It was a lot of work to get to the problem. But then I see what the problem is. The, the pipe, the drain pipe is just totally broken and disconnected. So all the kitchen sink water, all of it is just going into the dirt and like all those little food bits like pork and chicken and lettuce and little bits are just sitting on the dirt stinking and all this water had done damage to the wood. Had I had fixed it a year before, there wouldn't be water damage. But what did I do? I just sealed it up, pretended like there wasn't a problem. Listen to this message today. Think prophetically in your life. It's it's a funny story, but think prophetically in your own life. As I read through the scripture, we'll get to a really hard part of this passage in just a minute where James encourages us to look into our lives and see what's really going on. Some of us, we all have these areas of broken pipes in our lives. We all have bits of our lives that that just aren't right. And James is going to encourage us to find the symptoms, see what the symptoms are, look at the cause. James is going to tell us what the cause is, and then he's going to tell us to come to a solution. So that was all the introduction. Point number one is this. The symptoms of sin are disobedience, disaster, and death. I'm sure there's lots of other symptoms as well. But James in chapter one, remember he said, sin when it's full grown gives birth to 
death. And so it leads ultimately symptoms of sin in our life. Ultimately, disobedience, disaster ultimately lead to death. There's a difference between a symptom and a cause, right? Like we're in this world right now where we're talking about symptoms of COVID and the corona flu and like the symptoms are coughing and sneezing and a fever and upper respiratory infection, right? Those are the symptoms. If you have those things, does that automatically mean you have the COVID flu? Well, not necessarily. But if you do have those symptoms, do we want you coming to church? No, we do not. Like even me, like it's, there's going to be some morning where I'm, I got the sniffles. I'm going to call Brett and Brett's going to have to preach on a moment's notice because like I'm calling all of us. Like if there's symptoms, then we need to stay home. A couple, it was like a couple months ago now. I was set to work at the Manitou Springs Pantry, which is a wonderful partnership between St. Andrews right downtown Manitou and lots of you. I've seen lots of you at either different times. So you've, you've come here and there, which is just wonderful. But I was set to serve. I had the sniffles because of allergies. I knew 100% it was allergies. And so I was sneezing and I thought I could still go, but I didn't. I did the right thing. I stayed home. I called Jeff Nolan. He worked. And so the symptoms show us what could be the cause. And the symptoms here of sin are disobedience, disaster, and death. Let me read this passage for you. James chapter 4, verse 1. He asks the question, a symptom of sin. Fights and quarrels. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Then he says the cause. Don't they come from the desires that battle in you? Think about that. Let that sink in. And then some more symptoms. You want something, you don't get it. You kill that escalated quickly. You kill, you covet, right? You cannot have what you want. And then once again, he uses these same words. You quarrel and you fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And then verse three, well, when, when you do, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. And what are those motives? That you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. This world James is painting for us is often dark. There's fights and there's quarrels, there's battles. Here's all the words. Not getting, killing, coveting, spending what we want on, on our own pleasures. And then once again, he says fights and quarrels. And this is pretty serious. Like I think of quarreling as like, oh, just some kids arguing about, you know, which uh, superhero is the best. Like that's quarreling. No, this is a much serious thing in the Greek text. So let's get to the Greek for the word fight. This will bring us, we have to do a nerd alert because we're getting into the Greek. Nerd alert. Uh, all the people that are new are just like, why? This is so weird. You're right. It's, it's weird. It's, it's new life manner to keep it weird. The Greek word for fights is palome. It's the word that Jesus uses when he says there's wars and rumors of wars. We're not talking about little kids disagreeing about which superhero is the best. We're talking about war and death and killing. What causes this amongst us? James says it's in each of us, these desires Sometimes people say, like, can you believe it's 2020? Can you believe it's the modern world and there's still war? Yes. Can you believe it's 2020 and there's still violence? There's still protest and counter-protest. Can you believe it's 2020 and there's still, you know, unfortunately, like, bad cops out there doing bad things? Can you believe it's 2020? I mean, we're in the modern world and there's quarreling. Can you believe it's 2020 and with all this internet access and all that we have, like, people just get online to fight. I read a meme. A meme is like a funny little thing. Uh, last week, and it's, it was meant to be funny, but I just thought it was so sad. It said, life is short, 
make sure you spend as much as time as possible on the internet arguing with strangers about politics and things you disagree with. Like, isn't this this world that we are living in now where the fruit of it is pretty dark? And I heard another phrase, I forget where I heard it, but if you don't like the fruit, you have to examine the root. If you don't like the fruit, you have to examine the root. And this is what James is saying. There's something in us that is these desires for things that are not of God. And that's why there's quarreling and fighting and even killing, murder and coveting and all this bad stuff. People say something like, you know, it's not that bad until it is. It's not that bad until it is. Like people seemingly wake up and, and one day it's like they've reached their bottom, whether that's a divorce or jail or a, a horrible situation or being fired from a, as a dishonorable thing or just ending up in the bottom of life and you kind of just wake up and find yourself there. Well, no, you didn't. Like there was probably in almost every case, maybe sometimes not, but almost there are things that have led you there, decisions you've made going the wrong way that have made you end up at the bottom. And sometimes the bottom is one of the best places to be because then the Lord will lift you up. But the bottom, like people think about the disasters we find ourselves in. I think about like an example of like a car, like when your car breaks down, but you've been hearing noises in that car for the last month. Has that ever happened to anybody? <laughs> like you hear noises and you're like, oh, I don't know what that is. And so like me, like if I don't know what's wrong and I hear a noise, I try to take that pretty seriously. And if I don't know what's wrong, I'll call like Justin Beto, a diesel mechanic, maybe you're watching online, or Nate Tooting. He like on a spare time fixes up race cars and racism. Maybe he, you're watching online, Nate. Um, but, but I'll call one of these guys and say, what do you think? It's making this noise and then it's overheating. And none of these guys that I would respect that know about cars would say, hey, you know what you're supposed to do? Uh, you, you know your radio, your radio work okay? When you hear these noises, make sure your radio's on and just go ahead and turn your radio up. Like that would be the worst advice, right? Right? Like that's not what these guys who are mechanics would ever say. That would be absolutely ridiculous because they would say, well, you need to find out what that problem is because it could lead to disaster. Do not ignore the symptoms of sin. We have to look at the cause. So this is point number two now of this three-point sermon. Point number two is this. The cause of sin is our worldly desires. Certainly there's a lot of other causes, but James here pinpoints our worldly desires. He's going to get very serious here. I told you this moment was coming in the sermon, but I want you to listen prophetically. This, this is a person, James, uh, who cared very deeply as a shepherd for his church. He carried, cared very deeply for the people he was writing to. He, we see that in other places in this letter, but here he gives it to the readers. This is us. We need to listen to these words, they, although they are hard words. James says this, chapter 4, verse 4, he says this, You adulterous people, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Sounds very similar to his brother Jesus, God himself teaching people about the ways of the world and the ways of God, and they, they can't be friends with one another. Verse 5 says this, or do you think that Scripture says without reason that the Spirit he, God, caused 
to live in us envies intensely. In other words, God is jealous for us. Verse 6, but he gives us more grace. Praise the Lord. This is why scripture says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. The cause of sin. We talked about the symptoms of sin leading to all these uh, disobedience and death. The cause of this sin is us in our worldly desires. That James says the passions or desires or earthly or worldly pleasures. He also says friendship with the world. This word passion and pleasure uh, in the Greek, which will bring us to our next nerd alert. Nerd alert. Um, thank you, is the word, you've probably heard this before, uh, hedon, which is where we get our English word hedonism, which is a very popular philosophical idea in the ancient world and I think in our world, in America, that says live for the most pleasure. Like do whatever makes you happy. Like go get it. You know, it doesn't really matter. Just go get the most pleasure out of this world as you can. And James is actually saying that's adultery. Well, how? Well, it's like two timing. It's like trying to love God and this world. And James says, that cannot be. An example kids would understand, everybody would understand, is if you have a best friend and you spend time with them, your best of buddies, everybody knows you as you and so-and-so, best of buddies. And one day your friend comes to you and says, I don't want to be your friend anymore. And you find out that your best friend, who's no longer your best friend, became a best friend with like a bully, like a, a, a kid that's like older and a kid that other teachers are like, you younger kids need to watch out for this kid. He's a bully. He, he can really you know, be mean, so, so kind of stay away from him. Your best friend turns his back on you and is now best friends with a bully. Like, how would that feel? feel horrible. And this is what James is kind of leading us towards. Like God is envious for us. Like when we love the ways of the world, we are actually becoming an enemy of God. And am I saying that all desire, all pleasure is evil? Certainly not. That, that's another sermon. But what I'm saying is if anything that pulls us away from the Lord is turning us away from him. And James is trying to make it black and white here. If you, you're either a friend of God or you're a friend of the world. And James doesn't leave us here. He, you know, symptoms of sin, the causes of sin. Okay, peace out. God bless you. Go home. No, no, no. James provides us with a very hopeful solution. So this third point in this sermon is the solution is this, to humble ourselves before the Lord and he will lift us up. Here's the solution it's like these conversations that keep, maybe you keep finding yourselves in conversation. There's so much negativity uh, in our world today. And so people get together and just talk about negative stuff. Is there a solution? No, we just want to talk and complain, right? Am I the only one? Get together. And we, there's just a lot to talk about. Politics, you know, we could throw in masks. We could throw in uh, protests. We could throw in racism. We could throw in police stuff. We could throw in anything. I mean, there's just so much, right? And we get around and, and we just kind of like talk. But here is a solution. James provides not just a solution to like some mass problems or COVID problems. James provides a solution for death, a solution for sin. Listen to these words. Take them in. Verse 7, submit yourself then to God. That's what we're to do. Submit ourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. What incredible good news. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. Verse 8, come near to God and he will come near to you. 
This is a great solution. This is wonderful. Then he tells us, he kind of tells us to pick up some of the um, responsibility here. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Like, get serious. This is, this is hard. And then verse 10, that we're hanging this whole sermon on. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is the solution. Kids, if you're downstairs or watching online, draw yourself in the middle of the page. At the bottom, draw the devil. Like he's often like a snake or a mean looking character, but he's also like a wolf in sheep's clothing. So however you draw the devil, draw the devil trying to pull you down. And what does James tell us to do? Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So at the top of your page, kids, if you're drawing, parents too, if you want to draw something, draw the Lord. If you're not sure how to draw the Lord, draw Jesus. He's 100% God. And draw him with like nail holes reaching down and lifting us up. A very hopeful image that the Lord is in control. He is lifting us up away from this world and the desires of this world, the things of this world, the devil. He is lifting us up out of it. James tells us um, to grieve. Like we started um, this service singing a very joyful song. He turned our mourning into dancing. And what, what is James telling us to do here? James is actually saying, change your laughter to mourning. Well, what is that? Why is that? Is James saying to, to put away the joy of the Lord? Absolutely not. He starts off this whole letter by saying, James, servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, consider it pure joy. So he, he's not talking about the joy of the Lord. He's talking about the joys, it's got to be, of this world, like the laughing, the, the sitcom stuff style of life that many of us are just like, oh, we'll just kind of seal up our sinks, even though there's a rotting problem underneath. We'll just kind of laugh it off and seal up things and never look underneath. James is saying, no, we need to grieve because of this world. We need to grieve our sin with confession should come mourning and repentance. And after that, we will be lifted up by the joy of the Lord. But James here is saying, be very sober-minded. He leads us to verse 10, which we're hanging up this whole sermon on, saying, humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up. The King James Version says, humble thyself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Do you know that song? It's like from the 70s. It's a great song to learn guitar on. When I was younger, 20 years ago, I was trying to learn guitar. And this was the song because it's just E minor, D, E minor, D, E minor, E minor, E minor, D. And then you throw in a C, it messes you up. And then it's back to E minor, D, E minor, D, E minor. And so I would play this song for hours and hours, like learning the song, trying to sing along and worshiping. Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up higher and higher, up into heaven. This verse, it's, it's the solution. James says, look in your life, look in this world. There are symptoms of sin, and that cause of sin is because of our own worldly desires that pull us away from God. But if we will humble ourselves, if we will look at the Lord, if we will rely on him, then he will lift us up. If you would, would you stand with me? And, and on your way up, you can um, 
get the communion elements in the baskets are little cups uh, with bread. And, and Brett will lead us to that moment in, in a minute. But I want us to prayerfully read through some of the phrases in the solution of what James tells us to do. If you would stand with me, James tells us this, to come near to God and he will come near to you. So Lord, we pray through this. And, and Lord, we say to you, Lord, that we want to come near to you. And the, the promise here is that you will come near to us. You tell us to wash our hands, and Lord, it's only by your mercy that the water is turned on that we could even begin to wash our hands and hold them up to the living water that you give us. In this scripture, this word tells us to purify our hearts. Lord, purify us. We don't even know how to do that. But Lord, we ask you to help us to purify what's deep inside of us. To Lord, show us what's under the skin, to lift up the walls that we've been putting up, the subfloor of our life that we might see issues you want us to deal with so that we can walk closer to you. And Lord, this passage tells us to grieve, to consider our sin and to say, Lord, we are so sorry for what we have done. Lord, we grieve the past. We grieve the sin we are caught in. Help us, Lord. And so, Lord, we humble ourselves before you that you might lift us up. Lord, we come to your table humble, wanting you to lift us up, Lord. We pray this in your name.